We all know that toxins and chemicals are hidden in everything around us, and it can be quite overwhelming to try to do something about it. So in this episode, we're going to talk about simple tips for detoxifying your home that will save you time, money, and your sanity. Stay tuned. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Redefining Balance Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Stemmerman, and I am so glad that you are here to hang out with me today. You know, lately we've been talking in this series all about health, and one of the things that we can't not talk about are the toxins, the chemicals, the things in our environment and around us that contribute to good health or maybe not so good health for both us and for our families. And that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. We are joined by special guest Tanya Harris. She's an award-winning environmental toxin expert and the founder of Slightly Greener and the creator of the Slightly Greener Method. Now, she's all about offering busy moms simple solutions to reduce toxins without turning their lifestyle upside down. If you've gone down that bunny trail like me of looking at the back of every single thing that comes in our house, all of our cleaning supplies, beauty supplies, skincare, food, you name it. You start looking at the labels and you start to scratch your head and wonder, am I going to have to just throw everything out? She will give us a much simpler approach that has us making the right decisions without going completely off the deep end. I promise. Now, in this episode, we are really covering so much as far as food and beauty products and cleaning products and all of the different things that toxins can be in. And honestly, it is a lot of things to cover and a lot of ground to make up. And as we're talking about cleaning, one of the things that we have as a resource inside of Life Balance Membership is a cleaning guide, like stuff to help you kind of take the guesswork out of how you can maintain your home in a good, proper, healthy way without it taking up so much time. Because between work and taking care of the kids and our health and all of the other things, we don't always have all of the time to clean. And so we have some shortcuts available for you inside of Life Balance Membership. If you're not yet a member, you can learn more by going to lifebalancemembership.com. All right, now let's get into my interview with Tanya. Welcome to Redefining Balance Podcast. I am so excited to have you on today. I think this is the first time in the six years of the podcast that we are talking about toxins in our environment and cleaning and and our beauty products and all of those things. So I'm so excited to dive in. But before we get into everything you have to share with us, tell our audience a little bit more about who you are. Oh, sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. And again, my name is Tanya Harris, and I have been doing this with toxins, I think, for about 15 years now but I'm a childhood leukemia survivor. I'm a mother of three. My oldest is 23. And then I have a 19 and a 17 year old. And so really this started out a long time ago, probably back in 2006, when my son started having attention issues back in second grade and the school wanted to test him for ADHD. And I really think it had something to do with me being told as a you know, with my childhood cancer, be careful what you eat. So I asked for just a little more time to go home and research. And what I found were there's a couple ingredients. Mine were actually artificial colors and sodium benzoate are the ingredients I took out. And when I went back to the school a few weeks later, they didn't want to test him anymore. Wow. Yeah. So I was was hooked (laughs) and we definitely didn't cure him. We still see the symptoms. It's just, it made it so much easier for him to pay attention in school longer. And then I realized it's not just what we put on our bodies or in our bodies, it's what's around us and even what we breathe in. And then also notice that you can go to the store and buy products that were labeled as natural, but they're not. So 
really, I just wanted to start digging in and helping parents the way I had helped my family. And I really think that that's kind of where I started. And it's so needed. I mean, I am a documentary nut. I love watching documentaries, especially health documentaries. My husband thinks I'm a total weirdo for doing it. But you know, you start watching some of these things and you realize you can't trust like the marketing labels on things. And you really have to like dive in and do research because I feel like everything is a bamboozle. <laughs> like like it it's is. just, it's not what it looks like on the surface. And it kind of can make you feel like you're going a little bit crazy. So I love that you kind of stumbled upon some of these things for yourself, but you have a different approach than some of the people that I have followed before or tried to learn from before, where it's like, you have to live a complete different lifestyle. It's like almost like taking on a new religion in a way <laughs> of living clean and green and, and all of these things. And it just feels very, very difficult. It does. It really can when you're first starting out. That's for sure. So how did you kind of get started? I mean, obviously, from your own son's experience and, and your experience and being the mom and starting to look at some of these things, but how did this become like a mission for you? Well, I think really it's because I started out way too strong and I drove myself and my family crazy. And that's exactly what's going to happen if you do start out too strong in a lot of cases. So after I did all this research and I was so frustrated, I went home and I remember my husband coming home and I was on the floor in front of the kitchen, under the kitchen sink, and I was throwing out all our cleaning products. And I was almost in tears like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this to my family and blah, blah, blah. And then, but also I was like, how am I going to replace these things? Like I just tossed all this and I don't even know how to replace it. And same thing with like the food in our pantry. I was telling my kids, no more of this ever again. We're not doing this anymore. But it's not sustainable. It doesn't work. So I kind of had this aha moment one of these times when my kids asked me, you know, are we ever going to have a normal house? And I also realized too, if we tell them no more cookies ever again, or no more of your favorite food ever again, they're going to go to their grandparents' house or friend's house or whoever it is who has that food. And they're going to overeat it. They'll have like a hundred cookies as compared to maybe the few they'd normally have. Yeah. Um, so I realized like as a mom, and as parents, we have to give ourselves grace where we're going to make mistakes. We still have to live our lives. We still want to keep our kids and our families happy. So why not just do it a little bit at a time in manageable steps that aren't going to just totally overhaul our lifestyle? There's a way that we can do this that makes it fit what we do rather than us having to change our whole lifestyle to fit around detoxifying our homes. Yeah. And that's what I love about your approach is that it is about going slightly greener, like one thing at a time, because otherwise it can be very overwhelming when you start looking at the money that mm -hmm. you are throwing out with all of the things that are already in your house for cleaning and for eating and for preparing your foods and cooking your food. Like it can get a little bit nutty when you start thinking about having to replace every single thing. Right. So I just really started out replacing my top one or two most used things first. So anytime I would realize like, okay, this is what I'm going to do next. Like for instance, taking plastics out of the kitchen for the food storage containers. I didn't toss all of my plastic food storage containers. I just looked at which sizes I used the most and replaced those first. So it can be something as simple as that. That's amazing. So now before we get into some of these tips on how to become slightly greener and detoxifying our homes, why is this important? I mean, obviously from your own personal testimony with your son and but talk to us a little bit about how these toxins, because sometimes I think we can kind of be on the pendulum swing, right? Where we can go like too far one way and too far the other way. And so is everything should be vilified or like, what are the things that we need to know about the toxins and, and how they can cause us harm? 
Oh, that's such a great question. And not everything has to be vilified, but you know, quite a bit should be maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> but again, we, we can't avoid everything. We just, we honestly cannot. The thing I like to teach is like, just control what we can control. And the thing about toxins is that they can affect us. And I always say can and may, and some people are like, well, does it or doesn't it? But one of the interesting things is a toxin such as a hormone disruptor, which is a synthetic chemical that comes in and disrupts our body's endocrine system, which is where our hormones are made. So it can cause a hormone to over or underproduce or block or mimic hormones. It doesn't mean they're going to do it in every single person. Not every single toxin is going to affect everyone the same way. It depends so much on our nutrition status and of our bodies, our detoxification pathways. How open are they? How good are our bodies at detoxifying? But the thing is, they can act on our bodies in so many different ways. They can be toxic to the brain and nervous system. They can be allergenic. They can affect the respiratory system. They can affect our sleep even. They can you know, cause cancer. There's so many different things. So what I like to do is liken it to a seatbelt. Like hopefully we never need it, but it's there if we do. So by avoiding some of these toxins, especially for our children starting out, we may be preventing something down the road. So even if we're not seeing immediate effects, we don't know what those long-term effects are. And there's never been studies on how these chemicals interact synergistically together. So for me, it's all about prevention long-term. Mm, that's really good. Because, you know, sometimes we think about like the word toxin and it's like, when I, or at least when I think of the word toxin, I think of the words like poison and like, it's very like you're killing yourself basically by exposing yourself to toxins like this. Are there toxins that are worse? You mentioned ones that are that kind of affect like our hormones. Are there ones that are, tend to be worse than others or or kind of where do you know when to where to start with all of that? Well, for me personally, what I recommend is everyone has a different why. So the one thing I always like to start with is what is your why? So it's not necessarily that some are worse than others, although that is kind of the case, but it also depends on you personally. So for me, my why was brain health and children. So for me, those are the ingredients that I wanted to avoid first. Anything that had to do with hyperactivity or behavior issues or anything with brain health, those were the ones that I prioritized avoiding for my own family. But for someone with cancer, you know, that's going to be their toxins that they want to avoid first. Anything that leads to that or can, you know, can worsen the immune system. So for me, I feel like it's kind of personal for everyone. That's such a great question, but it's kind of hard to answer because I feel like everyone has a different need if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, if people are kind of like, okay, yeah, I I know for me, it is definitely mental health or it's definitely kind of balancing hormones back to normal stasis. Where do they go to get that information? Because I feel like, again, everything is about bamboozling you and like tricking you <laughs> and thinking like, oh, this is natural and this is good. And it might not necessarily be good. So how do we educate ourselves on knowing what those ingredients are that we need to avoid in order for us to reach that goal? That's another great question. And that's actually why I wrote my book, just because it's so confusing out there and the information is so all over the place. For example, organic. Some people say organic is worth it because it has more nutrients. Other studies say it's not worth the price because it is not necessarily healthier. But the studies I've seen show that it's not even what organic has, such as it does have a few more nutrients, some studies found, but it's also about what it doesn't have. And it doesn't have as many heavy metals or as many pesticides. So for me, I just like to err on the side of caution and just make sure too that you know what kind of link you're looking at 
if it could be like a peer reviewed link to a medical journal, that's going to hold more weight, but just not clicking on like kind of clickbaity type of information because some of it out there is just, just plain scary and it's not even a hundred percent right. Yeah. And I find it always like whatever information you're reading, you can find conflicting information somewhere else. Exactly. But for me, if there's something like, you know, on both sides of the coin, I like to err on the side of caution just because that means some studies have shown there have been some harm. (laughs) So if that makes sense, (laughs) Um, then those are the ones I like. I kind of put more weight towards like, okay, maybe this is something that we should avoid. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. So if someone's going to kind of, they have their goal and they're like, okay, this is what we need to focus on. And let's just use, you know, children and brain health as an example, since that's really, you know, what kind of spurred this on for you, what are those first steps that they should be taking to kind of move into that direction without swinging the pendulum all the way to the other side where everyone's like, okay, mom's gone crazy. Right. (laughs) And I know this firsthand because I was the mom that went crazy. (laughs) I think I've been there myself too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first thing I did was I overhauled my, you know, everything. But then I realized like, if you really look at your house, The three main categories for me are foods and beverages, personal care and beauty products, because, you know, we use those every day too, as well as we eat every day. And then cleaning products, because those are really the areas that we use all the time. But for children's brain health and maybe ADHD or attention issues, we know that food can play a major role. Plus the food is just a foundation. So rather than going through your whole house and wondering what could be affecting this, I recommend just starting with food. And we were lucky enough that that worked for us. Sometimes medication needs to be used and I wasn't against that. We were just lucky that it worked for us with just nutrition wise, but just looking at your house and choosing those things. So, but for instance, if you have like eczema, you know that that's probably a topical thing and maybe something you're using in the ingredients. And then you would concentrate more on your personal care and beauty products and just start there first. Got it. Okay. And Um, then talk to me a little bit about cleaning products too, because I feel like that's one area that I've gone a little bit crazy with. And then sometimes I'm like, I don't even know if this is even working. (laughs) If it's like toilet bowl cleaner, I switched like a natural toilet bowl cleaner and I swear it doesn't actually clean the toilet. Yeah. That's a tricky one too. And the thing about cleaning products is they can off gas into the air, even when we're not using them. So for me, it's like, okay, so we have asthma in our family too. And Actually, on the back of one product I was studying not too long ago, it said, do not use if you have asthma or any type of breathing problem. And it's like, oh, it's right here in my house. (laughs) So yeah, so if we can keep those products as, you know, pared down as possible. And the good news is we don't need a different cleaner for every single surface of the house. That's clever marketing. There's so many different things that we can use for different areas. For instance, a toilet bowl cleaner, I use vinegar and baking soda. So I just sprinkle a little and I eyeball everything. I'm not a precise measurer. (laughs) So again, just to keep it nice and easy for everything, I just sprinkle some baking soda into the toilet bowl and I follow it up with, I buy a big container of vinegar and I dump about half that container in there and I let it sit and it foams up. And then you can either even let it sit there for a little bit and let it kill some germs or you can scrub it right away and then flush it. You can also add some essential oils, maybe even for some scent or some extra germ boosting. So it's easy things like that that you can do. And like, a window cleaner is really just a 50-50 blend of white vinegar and distilled water. Just pour that into a spray bottle and that's a window cleaner. So some of these things, yeah, there's so many good, safer brands out there, but there's also so many quick and easy things that you can do right in your own kitchen with things from your pantry that can clean really, really well. And probably save you a ton of money as well. Exactly, exactly. 
That's amazing. Isn't marketing amazing? How they like, <laughs> like make us feel like, oh, you need a different cleaner for the bathroom and a different cleaner for the kitchen and a different, like all of the things. Exactly. And you really don't. The only thing is you have to watch white vinegar on kitchen countertops or bathroom that are maybe granite or quartz because it can etch. But other than that, there's so many good Castile soap-based cleaners. There's so many great ones out there that only have a few ingredients, but they, they're great at degreasing. They can get rid of germs. It's just, there's so many great options out there. Even for disinfecting, you can use something like hydrogen peroxide or rubbing alcohol, something as simple as that. Wow. That's very good to know. That's very good to know. Because I think sometimes when we are thinking about needing to detoxify or wanting to go a little bit greener, sometimes we can make it really, really complicated. And it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. Exactly. Yeah. And the good thing is too, a lot of, well, my kids, when they were young, they used to like to help clean, but I didn't want them around these things. But now they can see how easy it is to make these items, but also they can help us clean and they feel good about it and they take pride in it as well as something else I found that is an added bonus. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Okay. So once we kind of have like our goal set of what it is that we are wanting to achieve by going slightly greener and removing some of the toxins and then educating ourselves on what those ingredients are, and then first looking at our food and making sure that that is clean and supporting our goals. And then next, looking at our personal products and doing the same. And then third, looking at our household products. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Except for maybe, like I said, in the case of eczema, maybe that's probably personal care products first because there are some some ingredients in there. But I I do always recommend because some people don't have any, necessarily have any health concerns. So in that case, I always recommend the exact order you just said, because food really is the foundation. That's amazing. So, and it's interesting because sometimes we look at, we think about like food as, you know, the processed food that we eat and the ingredients that are in it. But you really talk a lot about even looking at the way that you store your food. You mentioned getting rid of all of the plastic containers. Talk to us a little bit about that on like, you know, foil, plastic, like what are those things that we should be looking out for around our food? Great question. I really agree with the plastic. So one of my first tips I always recommend for just something quick and easy to do is to remove plastic from the kitchen. So that means plastic food storage containers, plastic utensils that you cook with, and reusable water bottles. So the reason for that is because plastics can contain things like phthalates and BPA, and those are chemicals added to the plastic. And phthalates are linked to hormone disruption, but they're also linked to lower IQ in children. And BPA can be another hormone disruptor, but it's also linked to behavior issues in children. So those are two things I really recommend getting out of your kitchen. So if we replace our plastic food storage containers with something simple like glass or even stainless steel, that can make a big difference. Same thing with um, cooking utensils. I like bamboo a lot of times. But the other thing is, if you see something plastic, but it says BPA-free, that doesn't necessarily mean it's safer. Because really? Yeah, it's surprising. But BPA is actually bisphenol A. So some companies do is they'll replace that bisphenol A with bisphenol S or a bisphenol F. And then they are known to have similar, if not a little bit stronger health effects linked to hormone disruption and that type of thing. What? Yes. So again, marketing that BPA free, but it may may not be any safer. So especially for reusable water bottles, I recommend using a glass one. There's some great glass ones out there that are actually covered in silicone. So when you drop them, you don't break because 
I've done it, so I know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and stainless steel options, and they're really funny and cute. And then the other thing too is with the glass containers, a lot of places have sales a lot, so it's easy to go get those. And again, I think I mentioned earlier, but just choosing your top one or two most used sizes and replacing those first. And the other key is do not heat plastic because that's really when those chemicals can leach. So if you do have a plastic food storage container, don't put any hot food in there. It's fine to put like dry food, like pretzels or something in there. But again, don't heat it up and don't put hot food in there. Interesting. Oh my goodness. Hey, I had to interrupt this episode to ask you a question. How are you implementing what you are learning from this podcast? I mean, it's really great that you're investing in yourself to learn how to grow in each area of your life, but I want you to really apply these things so that you can reap the benefits of a more balanced life. If you're not sure how to begin, I want to invite you to join Life Balance Membership. Inside the membership, you'll find courses to help you create habits that allow you to move forward with what you are learning. Plus, we have resources for each area of life to help you take the guesswork out of figuring out how to create balance in that particular area of life. For example, we have a full career guide that guides you through annual, quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily routines to help you reach your career goals. Actually, what to do to start your workday, wrap up your work week, type checklists, and more. And that is just one area of life. Plus, you'll get access to our monthly workshops, which are like little courses, mini courses that apply right to the season of life that we are in. You can try it free for seven days, which is the perfect amount of time to take the seven day clear the chaos course, which is a great place to start. Just go to lifebalancemembership.com to learn more. Oh, and members save money on things like our 12 week program, the Life Balance Method, the Life Balance Planner, and so much more. Join now at lifebalancemembership.com. You know, I'm even just like thinking about like my meat that comes, we use butcher box. So it comes from like good farmers and, you know, it's good quality meat, but it all comes wrapped in plastic. It does. I know. And some of that stuff that I think that's the good thing too, about going slightly greener. And one of my top rules is the 80, 20 rule, which can apply to so many different things. But if we can buy safer products or do the healthier thing, 80% of the time, we don't have to worry so much about that 20% of the time where we don't have control, such as when our stuff comes wrapped in plastic. Okay, good. Because I'm starting to like, you know, you start down this path, right? And you start thinking about all the things and then you start going into almost like panic mode. Like you were saying, like, I've been doing this to my family. I've been exposing them to things that could lower their IQ. And like, it's a lot of blame that we can put on ourselves. Exactly. So I always like to say no mom guilt because I actually have a picture of my son in a high chair for his first birthday with his smash cake. And on the front of the chair, it says microban. And with all the research I've done, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is a hormone disruptor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It does all this stuff. And here he is sitting in a tray. But back then I'm like, no germs for this guy. You right. know, I, I did the best with what I knew to do at the time. I mean, that's all we're doing. So I think the first thing we have to do is let go of that guilt and just realize we are doing the best. We're parents. You know, I, I bought things formulated for babies when my kids were little before I really got super into this. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, formaldehyde releasers. Like I put formaldehyde releasers in their hair. <laughs> so we just have to give ourselves again, that grace and just let go of that guilt. Because the good thing is there's so many new products that are coming out that are truly safer. And the second we know better and we can do better, then we've already started a different path. And even if we're not perfect, if we can be perfect a majority of the time or whatever works for us, then that's the best we can do. That's really good. That's really good information. So from your research and everything that you have done, now, if we have like Lysoled and Cloroxed everything, 
is it reversible? Like if we start making these changes now, can we start having a more positive effect? Or like if the damage is done, is the damage done? Oh, that's interesting. I don't think the damage is done. No, I think the good thing is our bodies are so good at detoxifying most of the time. And as soon as we can do something healthier, like if we have Clorox or anything, just eat better or you know, open your windows and get some fresh air, wash your hands frequently, do that type of thing. And that's kind of the good thing about this is I compare it to dieting also, where you know we're just like, oh, I ate that one bad thing. There goes my diet. I'm just going to be bad now. But that's it's not really how dieting works. <laughs> it's also not how this works. So the good thing is we can really turn it around at any time because I used all these products in the past too. I used to Clorox and bleach my house all the time. But you realize too how much better you feel. It's almost like less brain fog, less sore throats, less headaches. I was sleeping better once I stopped. So the good news is a lot of these things will turn around pretty quickly. Mm, That's good to know. That's really encouraging. That's really, really encouraging. So kind of going back to the whole food aspect, I know you also talk about water and keeping your kitchen safe. Talk to us a little bit about the things we should be looking at for water. Water is a great one. There's so many different things that can be in our water. And the Environmental Working Group has um, a really great site on that where you can enter your zip code and then it'll tell you what's commonly found in your water. So you can, I don't know exactly what the link is off the top of my head, but you can Google the Environmental Working Group. And I think it's Tap Water Safety Database, something like that. But it will tell you what's commonly in there. And then we'll also give you recommendations for filters that will filter those particular things out because every area is so different. What are the things we should be looking for? Like what are kind of some of those dangers? Because again, I've almost gotten to the point where I don't trust anything. <laughs> this is like, oh, this is what you should do. I'm like, wow, is that really what I should be doing? Or should is there something else that I should be on the lookout for? Yeah, that's a tough one. And it's just because there's so many different things that you can look for in water. I don't know all the ingredients right now off the top of my head, but anything that that tap water safety database tells you would be the things to be on the lookout for. And then we'll tell you what kind of filter to be on the lookout for as well that will help filter those particular things out. And maybe it's a good idea too to bring up regular tap water right now also and bottled water. I'll talk a little bit in the book about this too, is that bottled water isn't necessarily any safer than regular tap water. And that's because tap water actually does need to be tested more often than the bottled water does. So um, I really recommend checking out that environmental working group site where you can put in your zip code and find out what's in your water and how to filter it. Because a lot of us just go for that bottled water thinking it's safer and that's not always the case. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because you do. You assume, you know, it's safer, it's healthier, it's filtered or, you know, what have you. But it's kind of the same along the lines of your cleaning products, right? Sometimes the simpler is the better. Exactly. And we had our water tested. We moved here recently, well, just a couple of years ago. And we have well water, which was new to me. So we actually had someone come out and test and then we put in a reverse osmosis system. So there's a lot of great resources out there. I think there's also another one too, and I can't remember the name of this. I apologize off the top of my head, but where you can send in water samples. So if you Google anything about what's in my water, there's so many great resources out there right now too that can help. Interesting. So really when it comes down to starting with the food, it's really looking at the ingredients of the food that you eat, looking at the way that you're storing your food and also looking at your water. Exactly. Those three things, um, drinking filtered water, storing food safely, all of that are very important. Fantastic. So then moving on to what we put on our skin, 
What are some of those personal products and, and beauty routine things that we should be looking at, what we should avoid and use instead? Well, one thing I'd like to recommend is that the products that you use every day, all the time, are the ones that you should replace first. So something like a toothpaste, because that goes straight into your mouth. And there's actually an ingredient called sodium laurel sulfate. And this is one I always recommend to avoid in your toothpaste. And that's because sodium laurel sulfate is so irritating. And they actually use it in lab studies to intentionally provoke the skin and inflame it so that they can test calming properties of other um, oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's one of the ingredients I recommend being on the lookout first. They've actually done studies too and found people who use toothpaste with sodium lauryl sulfate have more cases of canker sores. And then that would stop once they stopped using that type of toothpaste. But the other thing is when I think, is it nitroglycerin that they have you take when you have a heart attack and they have you put it under your tongue? Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because there's so many mucous membranes there, it can go straight into the bloodstream and work quickly. So when we're not using a safe toothpaste, then that's just getting into our body so fast. So that's why I recommend toothpaste is one of the things that you replace first. And again, instead of going up and looking at your makeup and all your personal care products, like your shampoo and thinking, oh, I've got to get rid of all of this, just replace the things that you use every single day first. And this is how I recommend like keeping your favorite mascara. I have a favorite mascara brand. It's not non-toxic, but I use it for interviews and I use it for so many different things but I don't use it on a daily basis. I buy a safer brand for a daily basis. Mm, kind of going back to the 80-20 rule. Exactly. And there's so many deceptive marketing tactics too when it comes to personal care products. Like they'll put you know, the word natural, which isn't regulated. Number one dermatologist or pediatrician recommended. Those don't really matter either. Some will say no parabens because a lot of us are looking for paraben free. But when you turn it over and look at the back, there's still some of those ingredients that we want to avoid in there. So that really doesn't mean anything either. So that's why it's so important for us as consumers to educate ourselves on what those ingredients are that we should be avoiding. Mm, that's so good. That's so, so good. And we, we talked a little bit about the household cleaning items. Now, I know you talk also a lot about dust and indoor air and, and kind of the things that are hiding in there and, and what we can do about that. So as we're wrapping up like those three things to be looking for, and you've already given some great recommendations for cleaning products that are more natural, baking soda and vinegar, <laughs> which is like such a money saver to me. Because um, I am like a huge, I will spend money on good cleaning products. And I'm finding that there's no such thing as good cleaning products that you can spend good money on. So that's a great recommendation. But talk to us a little bit about dust and, and the things that we should be looking for in, in that realm. Sure. So dust is actually surprisingly one of the biggest exposures to toxins in your home, which is was shocking Insane. when I read that. It is. And they've done studies. A study from George Washington University found that things like flame retardant chemicals, which can be toxic to the brain and nervous system, they can also disrupt hormones. They found phthalates, which we talked about, which can cause lower IQ in children, and then also lead. So that might be something that we're bringing in on our shoes. So one of the best things we can do right away is take off our shoes as soon as we enter our house. And then I always tell people, I'm not going to tell you to dust your entire house every single day, but if you can concentrate just on those areas where your family spends the most time, or if you have children who play on the floor, concentrate on those areas more often, daily to every other day. And then you can follow the rest of the household routine you know, as normal once a week, once every other week. And really, once you start dusting and keeping up on those areas where you spend the most time, the house overall becomes less dusty. So if you can vacuum with a HEPA filter, if you can, you know, I'm not a fan of sweeping because that can really just 
sweep it or, you know, move the dust around, but damp mop, damp dust, and then use a vacuum HEPA filter. Those will really help cut down on the dust levels in your home and save you from some of that exposure to those toxins. Wow. That kind of blows my mind a little bit because, you know, whenever you think about dust, I always just think, oh, well, that's just like dead skin cells, which is disgusting. Mm-hmm. But, right. you know, you, I don't necessarily think about it as having all of these toxins. I didn't either. No. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of crazy. And then when you think about like, you know, Swiffer dusters and dry dusters and things that just kind of move the dust around, like mm-hmm. it's really just putting it into the air so that it's easier for you to ingest all of those toxins. Exactly. So yeah, if we can, you know, just even a microfiber cloth, just dampening that, those are really good at picking up dust. But anything you can do to kind of either make a safer dusting spray or use a safer dusting spray, anything like that. I actually have a product that I am obsessed with. If you want me to tell you about it. Yes, please. Okay. Because I haven't bought cleaning products in, I don't even, I can't even tell you. (laughs) I have a couple of great, great brands that I absolutely love, but this is called electrolyzed water. And I found it last year because we actually were traveling when everything shut down last year. And so when we got home, I couldn't get my hands on anything to disinfect. (laughs) I was kind of freaking out. So that's when I started doing the hydrogen peroxide and rubbing alcohol. But I found this, it's called electrolyzed water. And it's a little device. I think it's about, I don't know, maybe seven to eight inches high. It's pretty small. That sits on your countertop and you just add water to it. And then they also sell capsules that are salt, water, and vinegar. And you pour that capsule in, you turn the little appliance on, and the electrical current turns that water into a cleaner and a disinfectant. And it's rated for ICUs and schools. And actually, it's also listed on the EPA's list N of things known to fight coronavirus. So it's just this one thing that I've I've used to get stains out of my carpet. I mop with it. I dust with it. I do windows with it. I mean, pretty much any use for a cleaner in my household, I've used this with. Wow. I've yeah. never even heard of that before. Yeah, it's such an amazing product. There's a couple different brands out there. I like Force of Nature, but it's completely changed my cleaning. <laughs> so I feel so good about cleaning now. And I don't do well with bleach. I'm pretty sensitive to it. And it does have a light bleachy scent when it comes out, which is really interesting <laughs> that now this water has a light bleachy scent. But it's just kind of like a little chlorine, nice light scent. But you can tell it's doing the cleaning. So you can clean with it. And then you can spray the surface again and let it sit for 10 minutes and then it disinfects. Wow, that is incredible. So it has like no real toxins or anything in it. It's just... Yeah, completely non-toxic. You can use it for so many different things. You can use it around pets because I know there's been concerns about, you know, and we just got a puppy last Monday. So I'm really worried about what's on our floors. So this is something that you can clean with and you know your kids and your pets and you are safe, which is That's crazy. So <laughs> incredible. I'm definitely going to have to look that up and link it in our show notes. Well, this has been such a helpful conversation of just knowing that we can take those small steps, little steps, and kind of knowing what that next step is. Because I feel like a lot of us have maybe already taken some of these small steps, but feel like we need more to do. And so this gives us that next step and what it is that we can do to bring our, our families a little bit closer to health by removing the toxins around us. Now, before we let you go, do you have any last piece of advice that you would give the busy moms out there listening to this that are like, yeah, I feel convicted. I need to do a little bit more and removing the toxins. What would be that next piece of advice that you would have for them? Oh, I love that. I think it's just, especially for busy moms, we do the best we can. But I think when it comes to toxins, we just don't know what the future holds. And if we're preventing something down the road. So again, even if we're not feeling anything now, doesn't mean they're not affecting us. 
But at the same time, I also want to say again, the no mom guilt, no parent guilt, because we do the best with what we can do. And it gives ourselves that grace if we do make a mistake or if we do give our kids that cookie, you know, we still have to allow for treats and we still have to allow for our own lifestyle. So while it is very important to avoid these toxins, it's also very important to live our lives to fit that lifestyle. So if we can really just keep in mind that it is important to avoid these toxins as often as we can, there's really no way we can avoid all of them. So as long as we can design and detoxify our house in a way that fits our lifestyle, then we don't have to worry so much about those times we don't have control over. That's so good. So good advice to know that we can just kind of still live our lifestyle without going completely off the deep end. Now, if people want to learn more about your book, about you, about the work that you do to learn more from you, where's the best place to send them to connect? Oh, sure. Well, my book is called The Slightly Greener Method and it's available anywhere books are sold. And then they can find me at slightlygreener.com and on Instagram as slightlygreener. Fantastic. We'll link to all of that in the show notes at yourliferocks.com. Tony, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story and your wisdom and everything that you have learned in this process and helping us all kind of move closer towards the healthy lifestyle that we want to be living. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today. Just because the show is over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Hit subscribe and dive into another episode or jump on over to my YouTube channel for more content to help you thrive as a working mom. Ready to get into action? You can find a number of resources at yourliferocks.com, including the free weekly success planning course. Sign up for free at yourliferocks.com. Talk to you soon.